This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 167. Stop it. This is an encore presentation of episode 92, which originally aired in May 2020. favorite kind of feedback on our podcast work is when our listeners share with us about the episodes and messages and personal impressions that are deeply resonating yes. with them. Mm-hmm. We love hearing how listening to the podcast helps you to feel buoyed up, supported, and enlightened. Our other favorite feedback is when you tell us how much you are loving the brands and products that we recommend. For example, I think it's safe to say that not a week goes by that we don't hear from someone thanking us for telling them about Shine Cosmetics. And for a very good reason. Yes. Once you try their products, you'll see why Shine is our go-to brand for makeup. Not only the quality, but because everything they stand for is empowering women and girls. Plus, their ingredients are gluten-free, cruelty-free, hypoallergenic, and paraben free. It's hard to pick just one favorite product, but we highly recommend the BB cream, lip gloss, and their concealer is the best we've ever used. Visit shinecosmetics.com and enter the code Becky at checkout to save at least 10% and you can use that code every time you place an order. Okie dokie. So Becky and I like to boss each other around, so that's fine. I don't like to call it bossing because that feels very negative to me. But people get what I mean. I get what the word means. But let's change that dialogue. Let's not say we're bossy. Let's say we're assertive in our pursuit and sharing of truth. Too many words. (laughs) I like it better than bossy. (laughs) I do like it better. We are. We're very assertive. It's assertive. And I I actually like yours better, but bossy for me is a word that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. Um, I was nicknamed Bossy Becky. There's actually a whole backstory to that and a lot of like... We actually go into a pretty deep dive in our course about that, of like that narrative of bossiness. And not just bossiness, but that narrative of like those earliest childhood memories and if you look at the um the audio course curriculum on the website classroom.beckyhiggins.com you see in the curriculum that the lesson one of the lessons is called your fearless childhood self Mm -hmm. so we help you to deep dive into like some of those earliest memories which will make so much more sense when you listen to it Mm -hmm. but um yeah i embrace my inner bossy so i'm using the word and the term because it's short sweet and everyone understands what it means but it's not necessarily negative i think we should make you a shirt that says bossy is beautiful Ooh, i love that i think you need it would you get on that sure okay because honestly though i think about that with like my daughter particularly who's just cut from my cut cloth from the cloth of all the leadership potential and um ca- like sometimes we smash smash the bossiness out of people yeah but really it's not bossiness it's it's leadership mm. And I want my daughters, especially, and my sons, I want everyone to be leaders in yes. their own life and in the community. Amen. So maybe let's just stop calling people bossy or just be like, you are bossy. Oh, get it, girl. Like saucy, you're yeah. bossy. Saucy and bossy. <laughs> well, it is leadership. That's like actually a good analogy for us, saucy okay. and bossy. Oh, I get saucy though also and you have bossy moments we're both saucy bossy we're saucy and bossy okay so let's move in let's move in (laughs) it's actually all related and here's what I love the most about as I kick off kind of all these thoughts I've been thinking about for a while is that because we get to be the boss of Mm -hmm. ourself that's the exciting part I love that that oh it's the most freeing thing Mm -hmm. ever no one is in charge of me and I'm not in charge of anyone 
isn't that, can we just stop and let that principle marinate for a minute? What a freeing, glorious principle Mm -hmm. that I think sometimes people are like, oh, that's scary. Like no one else is Mm -hmm. in charge of me. Dude, no one else is in charge of your happiness, which is so good because guess what? No one can make you unhappy. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Oh, and it gets better than that. Right? And if that rings true to you, again, not to like keep pointing back to the audio course, but that's why we pulled so much into the development of that content because Guys, we want it's really to, good oh we just, i'm going ooh. through it as we wrote it mm-hmm. all the feels all the everything i, t- I was t- remarking to becky that as we did it, i was like i feel like if i died in a car accident tomorrow the fact that this course exists this would what i would want my best friends and my kids and all the people that knew me if they were like wanting to talk like this is what i would want them to listen to i love that perspective i love oh. how you've articulated that because i'm like oh my gosh totally like that is, i can that's die in thing. peace right yeah and going through it again and i'm actually going through the course with my husband right now i like every time i go through it and yes we wrote it but i'm like i'm having all this additional clarity and mm-hmm. framing and intention like every time it's, it's so like good. a never-ending well of goodness it is i love it <laughs> We get excited, you guys. Every time we think about it, talk about it, like you can see our passion when we talk about it, even like in our Instagram stories. It's just something that's near and dear to our heart. And we're so excited about it that we just got right back to work on the next audio course that we're super and excited you about. you just Ooh, stinking wait. So much goodness. Okay, so this this two-word sermon, Stop It, is not at all related to the audio course. That's what I love so much about the podcast is we're really covering very separate things, but they're all integrated, right? Mm-hmm. I'm using my hand gestures a lot today. Wish you could I, guys, like it. I wish you guys could see how expressive I mean. Um, but I want to share a lot of examples about what I mean by stop it and what's going through my heads to get your wheels spinning. So the whole point here, obviously, with every podcast that you listen to or book you read or online course you take or anything is that you pay attention to those nudges from within. Because what I'm sharing or Becky's saying or the dialogue that we're having pales in comparison to the things that you're going to feel. And I really have a strong feeling that by the end of this episode, you will know for yourself as the Mm -hmm. boss of yourself, what it is that you need to just stop, just stop it. Right. So I lovingly, jokingly call myself bossy Becky because of, you know, kind of that backstory that's super fun, but in this context, this is less about anyone telling you what to stop and you feeling for yourself. Like there's probably something in my life that I just, I just need to knock it off. Right. I need to knock it off. So don't think about your spouse, your children, your BFF. It's easier to let it go there, isn't it? To be like, well, you know what? Listening to that, that reminds me that I probably should tell my husband to just Mm -hmm. really cool it. Yeah. So you guys need to let go of any thoughts that you have about other people. Because let me tell you what, Becky has no idea what I'm about to share. Nope. None at all. Like she doesn't know the examples or the principles that I'm touching on. But even as you're sitting here, you will have other people pop into your mind because that is natural for us as humans. We will hear things that we're like, oh, she would love that. He needs that. Let go of thoughts of anyone else. But at the end, I will be drawing specific attention. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are so excited. There's something that's very specific that I need Becky to stop. Oh, boy. And something that I need to stop. 
because I know us both You're so really well. excited. <laughs> You're so giddy about this. Well, I just think it's so liberating. It's so exciting for it us is. to go, you know what? I could be better about that, but it's fun. This isn't, yeah. this is not like slamming down the faults or weaknesses we have. It's more like, how cool is this that we get to take a look, right? Okay. Well, I so, want, can I say a quick word about the nudges? Do. I was actually having a conversation with a Claire the other day and we were talking My about Claire. her Claire. Okay. Uh, Becky she is Claire. 14. Yep. And we were talking about just life as we do and teenagehood. And she was asking me what I thought about a certain situation. And I said, you know what, Claire, I think you actually know. I think all of us, when we ask the question, what do you think, already know the answer. And I think that that's the thing with nudges is sometimes nudges happen and we're like, well, that was weird, or we, we discredit it, or um, we have to go ask someone else's opinion about it. But like Becky was saying, like being the boss of your own self, like knowing those nudges, and also knowing that generally we have all the answers we mm-hmm. need. And when we ask someone else, we're looking for like validation, validation yeah. like backup on what we think. And we actually don't need that. So with nudges- We don't need it, but it's nice- and we have our trusted people that we like to go to. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know how grateful I am that my daughter has someone like Becky in her life that she can go, hey, I'm thinking about this. And what do you think? Yeah, all day long. That's awesome. But to your point, we are all as equipped as we need to be. I think coming into yourself and one thing that's been coming into my mind a lot lately is that um, how I become a more intentional person is really through trusting myself. Mm-hmm. I don't think as human beings we trust ourselves near enough. Yeah, And I think that there are eternal things built into us that we already know. We already have that gauge, but it's about becoming really intentional about listening and becoming um, sensitive to like hearing and feeling those nudges mm-hmm. and not ignoring it. Yeah. That's, That's all it. I have to say. That's all you have to say? <laughs> really? You sure about that? I'm, well, well, until you me. say something else. <laughs> <laughs> She'll have a lot more to say, but that's that's a perfect preface. I actually really appreciate that. It's a perfect pre- preface for what we're about to dive into because it really is personal and it's not about us telling you what you should or should not be doing. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you where this was, what this was inspired by. So one of Becky's and my favorite, common favorite human beings on the earth, his name is Dieter F. Uchtdorf. Kind of a, you know. Amazing. He's he is amazing. He is German. That's where his mm-hmm. name is from. Um, I'm going to spell his last name because if you look this up, then you'll know how to spell it. It's U-C-H-T-D-O-R-F. So, and we'll refer to him as Elder Uchtdorf because he's a leader in our church that we just both love and admire who's inspired us mm-hmm. for years, he time truly is, time He again. truly is a thought leader yes. and he is articulate mm-hmm. and he is a master storyteller. Oh, the and best. <laughs> explains principles in a way that just they come alive and, and they're, for me are very understandable and palatable and actionable. And he's a retired pilot, by the way. And, um, and so, you know, a lot of his storytelling comes in the form of analogies to flight. I love it. <laughs> we can't get enough. We love Elder Uchtdorf. And once upon a time back in April, 2012, so about eight years ago, he gave a talk called The Merciful Obtain Mercy. And it really was a talk that was focused on people judging each other because we all do it. Mm -hmm. But eight years later, when he, these words still ring in my head, because even though, even though the whole talk wasn't focused on stop it, that was kind of a message. Let me just read something that came from that talk. He said, this topic of judging others could actually be taught in a two word sermon. When it comes to hating, gossiping, ignoring, ridiculing, holding grudges, or wanting to cause harm, please apply the following. Stop it. It's that simple. 
we simply have to stop judging each other's each other and replace judgmental thoughts and feelings with a heart full of love for God and his children. God is our father. We are his children. We are all brothers and sisters. I don't know exactly how to articulate this point of not judging others with sufficient eloquence, passion, and persuasion to make it stick. I can quote scripture. I can try to expound doctrine. I will even quote a bumper sticker I recently saw. It was, and I love this, you guys. It was attached to the back of a car whose driver appeared to be a little rough around the edges, but the words on the sticker taught an insightful lesson. It read, don't judge me because I sin differently than you. And then he finishes, we must recognize that we are all imperfect. Oh, okay. So, so it's so good. And like I said, it totally ties into being judgmental of each other and things like that. And so I am going to share some examples kind of related to that. But I just, for eight years now, it keeps coming back to my mind. And I keep thinking about the application of this two-word sermon. Mm-hmm. Stop it in so many different areas. So I want to just, before I go into lots of examples and stories, I want to just share a disclaimer because I like to do that mm-hmm, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't want to make light of any deeply challenging situations. So if you, as we're talking here, if you have thoughts like, okay, well, easier said than done, Becky, or, oh my gosh, if she even knew, I get that. Like, I totally get that. I don't know your experiences and I don't know your stories. Right. So I don't discredit any of that. And like we've said before, as always, you will pull from this conversation whatever is meant for you to hear and feel at this time in your life. So having Mm -hmm. said that, some examples. Now, um, I was going to give you like a full list that's like numbered, but I'm not. No numbers today, Beck. Wow. Just a a list of things. (laughs) I don't know what's happening. The last one I prepared, I did have a list. An even numbered list. And this one you don't. An even numbered list. What is happening? It's kind of great. It's kind of great. Evolution. (laughs) It is evolution. Okay. Let's talk first about something that's kind of a little bit more obvious than what he was talking about. And that is holding the grudge. Stop it. If you are holding a grudge, please, for the love of all everything, just stop it. Mm -hmm. It is such a heavy weight. I have someone in my life that I love with everything that is in me. Again, remember, don't think about the other people. Think about this for yourself. But I have examples and stories, and you should bring up examples as well. But I have someone in my life who I love so much who is one of the most loving, service-oriented human beings I know, like truly so amazing that way. And also, because we all have weaknesses, one of their greatest weaknesses is the grudge holding. Like it's so hard, so hard for them to let go of things that have been deeply, deeply hurtful for them. And it breaks my heart because I feel like when I look at this person, I almost feel the weight on their shoulders just from holding on to that hurt, to that anger, to that malice of like, I've been hurt, right? Right. And it's just heavy. It's just really heavy to me. And so that, to me, like if you're holding a grudge, that's why I want to say, stop it. And Elder Uchtdorf said this. He says, we can so clearly and easily see the harmful results that come when others judge and hold grudges, right? Like Mm -hmm. the example I was just giving. And we certainly don't like it when people judge us. But when it comes to our own prejudices and grievances, We too often justify our anger as righteous and our judgment as reliable and only appropriate. Though we cannot look into another's heart, we assume that we know a bad motive or even a bad person when we see one. We make um, exceptions when it comes to our own bitterness because we feel that in our case, we have all the information we need to hold someone else in contempt. That's just heavy. 
it's heavy. Why, why do we, why, why do we do that? And I know, I know it's easier said than done. I mm-hmm. do. I get that. But if you are holding onto a grudge that is weighing you down and let me tell you, it is, let me tell you, even if you don't think it is, it totally is. Stop it. It's interesting how as humans are, I think we have like this natural tendency to be seeking after justice, like justice and fairness. Mm. And I never realized what a big role this played in my life until I became a mom. And I see my kids, you know, that's not fair. And I've had to like reiterate this principle of like, fair doesn't mean everyone getting the same thing. It means everyone getting what they need. But really, I'm like teaching myself. And I think if we if we continue to be seeking after justice, which I think is what we're doing when we're like, sure, I am completely justified in this. Mm-hmm. Um, do we really want justice applied to us? Do we want the, the like law of equality and justice applied in our life? Because I'm telling you right now, like it wouldn't go well. Like grace is what saves us all. Mm-hmm. Grace is what keeps relationships intact when mistakes are made. And I would never want someone applying the principles of justice to like my mistakes. Yeah. Good because point. I wouldn't deserve it. Very I wouldn't deserve um, forgiveness or these things that we know are these freeing things that help us to move forward, right? Mm-hmm. So next time you're seeking after justice, like just imagine if if that tactic was used on you. Because I know for myself, I wouldn't be able to survive it. My relationships wouldn't survive it. Um, also, I think that when we're, when we're using um, grudge holding, it really is just a tactic to avoid to keep us from feeling deeply hurt. I agree with that. And like, I've seen that too. A hundred percent. And yeah. I've done it, it right? Like yeah, totally. I, it's so much easy, easier to be angry mm-hmm. than it is to be hurt. And I have certainly been guilty of doing this where I get super angry, completely justified anger. In fact, I had a situation last year where a friend who I actually love a lot was in a really stressful situation and sent me a really hurtful, I mean, a really hurtful email and I don't think I was ever supposed to see it. And in that moment, though, I was like, felt anger rising mm-hmm. of like, are you kidding me? Right. And then I had to like check myself and be like, listen, I have to have grace for her. She obviously didn't mean it. She obviously didn't even want me to see this. She didn't like it was this whole set of things where I was like, I can choose to be angry and be justified or I can choose to have grace and have my friendship continue and mm-hmm. to feel peace. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want? Peace. Do you want to continue relationships and feel peace or do you want to have fractured justice? Like right. which one's really better? Right. Well, and keep in mind that someone that you might be holding a grudge against, if there really is like something super crazy, like awful yeah. about that situation, we're not suggesting that you need to even have a continued relationship with the person, the not offender. At all. Mm-hmm. Like it's not about that, but but it is required of all of us to forgive and holding grudges like for, for our own happiness. Do you see what I'm saying? And like, that's the thing is it almost like without, it's kind of as a selfish endeavor of like at the end of the day, if I'm really mad at someone, it doesn't affect them. They don't care. Like at the end of the day, it's me. I'm the one that's feeling the mm-hmm. biological and spiritual and physical responses of that anger. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't, it doesn't punish the other person for me to be angry. But it, it only punishes me. You. It yeah. doesn't serve me in the least. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is kind of funny, isn't it? Because yeah. I know it's interesting. a lot of times we're trying to escape hurt and we're just bringing on more and more layers and we get buried in it. So if you're holding that grudge, stop it. Get it, girl. Okay. Let's talk about the next thing. Being so hard on yourself. Mm, I'm so glad you brought stop this it. up. <laughs> stop it. Mm-hmm. Why do we do this? And you know what? We do. We all do it. And I don't even want to isolate this to like a female thing. 
everyone's hard on themselves. Adults, children, men, women, like mm-hmm. the youngest of children are not, right? Because they are in their innocence. <laughs> right. But the older you get, the more experience you have. And the Babies more... aren't upset with themselves. They are definitely their not. pants. <laughs> They're all right. They're fine. But you guys, it happens for everybody. And mm-hmm. let's acknowledge that it does mostly happen in private. You know, like no, most people aren't publicly expressing disappointment in themselves. Sure, everybody has moments of like, I could be, you know, 20 yeah. pounds less or I wish I were more service oriented or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. But most of us just have those private and sometimes un, like, um, unacknowledged. Like we don't even realize mm-hmm. that we are so hard on ourselves. And I would invite you to think about as you go through your week, go through the next couple of days even, notice like maybe catch yourself when you're having some of those self-deprecating thoughts, those ideas and thoughts that cross your mind that are unkind about yourself. Catch yourself and don't shame yourself. Don't even try to fix it overnight. Just notice it. Just right. notice how much you're doing that mm. because we all do do it and we just need to be better about it. We need to stop yeah. it. And it, I think it becomes a habit like anything else. Um, and one of my favorite books, Atomic Habits, the way he talks about breaking bad behavior essentially is you can't just like, as he says, white knuckle it and be like, I'm not going to think bad thoughts. I'm not going to, or I'm not going to, whatever behavior you're trying to change. Instead, you need to replace it. You need to replace it with a positive behavior. I'm glad and you brought so this up. Yeah. I think that the first step in noticing how actually often we resort to self-deprecation. And I will say, I think there is... Um, some kind of badge of honor given to selflessness. And when I say selflessness, I think we get it very, very confused as we are not supposed to have self. We're not supposed to have um, an identity that we're proud of because then we're prideful or we're this or we're that. When really, um, I think that self-deprecation, we get into a habit of it, maybe even for the best reasons of like wanting to seem humble or however culturally we've we've been taught to do that. And um it's actually quite the opposite, I think, is that we absolutely need to be aware of those thoughts, not only aware, but replacing them, actively replacing them with positive thoughts, so which is tricky. What you're saying is kind of piggybacking with the suggestion that I'm making is if you do spend some, like if you spend some energy for the next couple of days, mm-hmm. catching yourself and noticing when you have one of those negative thoughts about yourself into your mind, mm-hmm. immediately... Like, you don't have to do this straight away. But if you want to be ambitious about it, like, immediately replace it. So you look in the mirror, for example. A lot of people can relate to this. You look in the mirror and you're like, fill in the blank, right? Mm -hmm. I don't even need to. (laughs) Right. I don't even need to say anything more. But if you just are like, oh, really? Mm -hmm. If you catch yourself, then immediately think about one thing about your body, this amazing body, this Mm -hmm. gift that you've been given that you are grateful for. It could be your left toe I don't care what it is but and it may even feel like a lie honestly like there are days when you get into a funk and I think that what you're talking about right here is like the the bottom level of like all funky attitude when Mm -hmm. we are in that kind of like eh moments in our lives so you look at yourself you go to the mirror you're like oh man say I am really grateful that I'm alive and it might even feel like a lie but mm-hmm. that is the power of like changing mm-hmm. the habit. Mm-hmm. And so much of this I think is socially and culturally not taught, but just kind of watered down through the generations that we're like, as women, we're supposed to be self-deprecating. We're supposed to be humble and we're supposed weird. to be. So weird. And these supposed to be are just complete crap. Yeah. Number one. But um, it, it takes intention to change it is mm-hmm. my point. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I'm going to add to what we're saying here um, something else that Elder Uchtdorf said. He said, may I add a footnote here? When the Lord requires that we forgive all men, and yeah, I, I understand that this is based in like faith, what he's saying, but a right. lot of you share um, a common faith in the Lord, right? right. So, in a so, higher being. In, yes, in yeah. a higher being, exactly. When the Lord requires that we forgive all men, that includes forgiving ourselves. Sometimes of all the people in the world, the one who is the hardest to forgive as well as perhaps the one who is most in need of our forgiveness is the person looking back at us in the mirror. All the amens. I know. One of my favorite gospel principles is you should love the Lord thy God with all your heart. And the second is like unto it, you should love your neighbor as yourself. And I did a, a, a talk a few years ago about this and and I was kind of reading the scriptures looking for evidence of like Heavenly Father wanting us to know ourselves and love ourselves. And this just stuck out to me, like just jumped out at me from the scriptures because we're supposed to love God, love our neighbors. And the third part of it is we're supposed to love ourselves. And it is a God-like attribute. It is it is a worthwhile and exactly what Heavenly Father wants us to do. Like we are made to love ourselves. Mm-hmm. We are. Which is why there's so much opposition with that. Oh, because totally. Because it's like the best thing ever. It has everything to do with identity mm-hmm. and knowing who you are and what you're capable of and what your potential is. And so, of course, there's opposition to that because... I love opposition. I know, right? Bring it on. Just Bring kidding. Bring on the opposition. <laughs> I mean, not just kidding, but really. Okay. Another example is comparison. Oh, yeah. Stop it with the comparing. We all do it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Now, let me give you an ex- a specific example because a lot of us think about comparison like you're scrolling Instagram yeah. and you see the person who you're like, oh, her marriage, her life, her house, her, her travels, are, her, her kids. Can you tell what it comes up like for me in, in comparison with <laughs> such a huge deal with like looking at other moms being like, ooh. Yeah. Their kids seem perfect. And the thing is, is none of us want to look and and seek after comparing ourselves we're I mean we're really none of us are looking for that but it does happen naturally um here's something a lot of us do especially women is we compare our bodies now to what our bodies were 10 15 20 30 years ago what what is fair about that comparison how does that even make sense but do we do it we do all it all day, day long. long. Right. And I hardly know a woman who doesn't do that. Maybe we should just say it right now. Okay. I'm going to bring in some Amanda Taylor wisdom here. Oh, she, love her. Who, Amanda was on the Overcoming Discouragement episode. She drops one of the best one-liners I've ever heard. I was in one of these moments a few years ago of like, man, I just can't get like, I can't figure out my body right now. And she said, at some point, you're just going to have to be happy because it's not going to get any better from here on out. And I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Certainly age and menopause, like our bodies are meant to change. Mm, they They're are. meant to, they to, to move with us along our lives. And yes. that's so true. We, we oftentimes are like wanting to get back to our pre-baby weight or like pre, that would be like me as a 15, maybe at maybe let's say as a 17 year old being like, I just want my 10 year old body back. Yeah. Like, duh. Ew. Obviously that's no. not going to happen. <laughs> right. And yet we do it in our adulthood. Because uh-huh. somehow we think that the body at 21, while, yeah, that might seem more ideal, is that what we're supposed to have in our 40s? But think about what? it even with marriage. We're like, oh, I just wish our marriage was like it was right. like before we had kids. Good or point. When we, whatever, we mm-hmm. think about this stuff. I want it to be the way that it was, but 
it's never supposed to be the mm-hmm. way it was. It only is supposed to be the way that it is. Exactly. And that's comparing to oneself. Mm-hmm. And like I started with this, it's like the comparing to other people, just kind of a classic example that I probably have mentioned once or twice on the podcast, but I have found myself comparing myself to my mom and her ability to put homemade meals on the table. Yeah. A lot. And not because my mom has ever for one second even hinted that I was less than right. in the kitchen. Like it has She's n- actually quite obsessed with you and she is. My mom's deeply. like my biggest cheerleader. And right. so it has nothing to do with my mom. And so I have wondered, and through the work that Becky and I have done in developing the audio course, I've really been able to uncover things like that, mm. where instead of looking at something like that in my life and continuing with that dumb like subtle comparison game that I keep playing and I have no idea why I'm able to go oh I get it now because I've done the thought work I've actually put in the effort to go oh I see it now I can peel back some layers and look at that and see it has nothing to do with my mom or expectations of me and has everything to do with the stuff inside Mm -hmm. and the expectations I put on myself but that's what I mean is it's like in the air that we breathe is Mm -hmm. oftentimes these things aren't happening to us it's not like someone's telling us to think or feel a certain way it's just like in the air we breathe and so the most effective step is literally just noticing that like that's even a part of us. Yeah. That our default mode is to go to grudge or go to comparison. self-deprecation or go to comparison. Mm-hmm. And once we just even identify like I'm defaulting to a lot of comparison and I'm not quite sure why, but once you're aware of it, yeah. it you actually can work with it and you can you can move forward. Totally. Totally. So if you find yourself comparing yourself to your younger self. If you find yourself comparing yourself or to other people <laughs> or <selves>. yourself. <laughs> or other people, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Next thing. Stop it with the high expectations of other people. Okay? We do this. I just cowered a little behind the mic. This is is my stickiest area. I don't know if it's your stickiest area because I have a sticky area I'm going to cover with you You later. You can totally cover it, but I'll tell you, (laughs) I have really high expectations for people. You do. And I also have high expectations for myself. Yes, you do. It's not like a mutually exclusive thing, but... Yeah, this is something I'm really working on. You do. Um, and and we all do to an extent. But you have recognized that about yourself, which has served you so well. Because mm-hmm. you acknowledging it has helped you to kind of like, I don't want to say stop it altogether because we will always have those tendencies right. that are just kind of in us. But you have really done the work to drop the expectations of other people. Because let me tell you what happens when we do that is we set ourselves up for way less disappointment. Way less. Guys, think about how often you have felt disappointed just in the past week of your life. Mm-hmm. Disappointed in other people. Do you know that it's possible to never feel disappointed in other people? And do you know what the secret sauce is? Stop it. Stop it. Lower the expectations. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, sometimes we get married and think our spouse is perfect. Well, that's cute. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have this expectation mm-hmm. that our spouse is just, I mean, we chose them, right? So they're the most amazing and vice versa. We do that. We have high expectations of our kids because surely if they came from us or we pulled them into our family and through adoption or their mm-hmm. our blood or however your family comes together, surely by example or blood, they will make decisions like I do. Because, hello, yeah. like, do they not, like, this is what I would do in my life. I'll give you a prime example of do this. It. I was talking to my husband, actually, and I think David and Becky, you were talk- we were all talking, and I was saying, man, it's really frustrating for me with homeschool that my kids are, like, really taking for granted the opportunity mm. they have for, like, this amazing education they're getting. 
And my husband, who's the master at no expectations. He really is. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank flipping goodness. He balances us he all out. He is so good. Man. Um, like literally was laughing and he's like, oh yeah, our 11 year old isn't like super grateful about her opera. Are you serious right, right now? No, he's like, right though. I, like, why would we think? Why would I have that expectation that a child yeah. would, that would even enter their consciousness? And, and it's not just that I was disappointed that like, I was a little bothered, like, you entitled child, like you don't even realize the blessing of an education in the United States in this time in your life. Like what child thinks that? <laughs> no one. Which goes back to my high expectations. Um, no, it's true so because funny, you guys though. think about it just from a child development standpoint. If we're speaking of children and we are in this moment, from a developmental standpoint, the brain itself, literally still developing, there's no way that an 11-year-old will ever have a thought like that that matches your thought mm-hmm. as a normal human being. So yeah. why do we why do we do that? Because I do the same thing, you know. If my kids are making choices that are different than the way I think, like how would they? How do they? Wait, what? Mm-hmm. How how'd you get to the point where you thought <laughs> that that was going to be a good idea, right? right? Or you know, I just I have really worked on this lately, and I've really worked hard to keep myself in check. Because why on earth? Yes. Yes, it makes sense that we have high expectations of people, especially those that we love. Mm-hmm. They also probably have high expectations of us, or it's all perceived. Who knows? Right. But we do it naturally. But I'm telling you, if we can just stop it, if we can just bring it down a notch, it would serve all of us so much better. And you honestly would feel so much more chill and happy and joyful. I'm working on chill and happy. Well, and then Taylor we brought up, he was like, well, did you feel that way when you were 10 or right, 11? And right, I was like, right. I know. No. Because also let's remember that we come to the knowledge we have by experience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I look back and I wish I would have taken, had more gratitude for the education I was given. Yeah. But I have that because I was not in any way grateful for the education that I was given. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Totally. Totally. So let's round this thought out with, uh, again, some words by Elder Uchtdorf who says, there is enough heartache and sorrow in this life without our adding to it through our own stubbornness, bitterness, and resentment. We are not perfect. The people around us are not perfect. People do things that annoy, disappoint, and anger. In this mortal life, it will always be that way. Nevertheless, we must let go of our grievances. Part of the purpose of mortality is to learn how to let go of such things. That is the Lord's way. Let it go. All the amen. Stop it. Stop, stop it. it. Okay. You know what else we need to stop? What? We need to stop focusing on perceived expectations slash disapproval of you. Okay. Do we often feel like we are disappointing someone? My hand is very high in the air right now. A, like, yes. Okay, what did you just say to me the other day? You were talking to Taylor. You were sharing mm-hmm. this with me that you were expressing to Taylor about your kids and every 20 minutes. What was that thought? Every 20 minutes, someone is disappointing. Oh, yeah. I, I was just telling him, like, the hardest thing about having my kids home with homeschooling, although it's generally been a great experience, is one of my kids is always upset. I am always disappointing one of my four children. Yeah. And I was like, you don't understand. I'm living in a constant state of people being disappointed in me, which is already another sticky issue for me that I have to be really intentional about, not letting that, like, affect me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I was expressing to him, like, it's hard. It's really hard. And if you've listened to the podcast for a while, and a lot of you have loyally been listening for a long time, you will see a theme that Becky Proudfit, <clears throat> excuse me, often feels that kind of 
disappointment within her motherhood. Mm -hmm. And I feel that kind of disappointment from others in my work. Mm -hmm. Like we both have these running themes that we're constantly working on because what you said about your kids and every 20 minutes, it seems like someone's disappointed in you. That is like, that's my life and work. I feel like every day I'm disappointing someone, a customer, a a follower or whatever. It just seems like it's never ending. Well, guess what? A, that's probably not even true for either one of us. And B, it's all in our head in terms of the way that we manage those thoughts. So when it comes to focusing on what people perceive about you or of you or how people may or may not be disapproving of you, or misunderstanding you. Misunderstanding. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, that's huge. Stop it. Stop it. It's just not working. It doesn't serve you well. I have spoken about this already, so I'm not going to reiterate all the things. But man, that took me into a tailspin yeah. in a really dark place of getting so wrapped up in that, those thoughts of what people thought about me. And I'm grateful for hitting rock bottom in terms of the things I learned coming out of that. But right. I never want to get wrapped up in that again because you guys, it's stupid. It's stupid. And you, you can never please everybody. You will never have all of your children be 100% completely happy with you. Mm-hmm. If you're in business, you can count on disappointing people. Count on it. You cannot make everybody around you totally happy. You cannot make your spouse 100% happy in their life because you're not in charge of them, by the way, mm-hmm. and vice versa, right? Well, it comes back to this principle of um, you are solely responsible for your happiness, and that applies to everyone. So whether or not my kids are disappointed in me, A, it could, like you said, it's totally based on perception anyways, but I think we all need to realize that because I actually cannot make anyone happy, I cannot fulfill anyone, I can't make anyone happy, Mm -hmm. I can, I can give people moments of happier happiness or appreciation, um, there's actually nothing I can do about it. So if someone is extremely disappointed in me, be it, you know, this whole business thing is a lesson I'm learning in a big way this year. If someone's disappointed in me through business, through children, through social media, through whatever the situation is, not only um, is it awful for me, but there literally is nothing I can do to fix it. Literally. It's not your responsibility. There's nothing I can do because I cannot make someone feel anything. Anything. (laughs) And that's freeing. That's freeing because when I say it's a futile effort to try to like, if my child's unhappy, if I am you know, trying to like fix it or make them happy. Like that's actually futile because it's not going to work. Oh, totally. And maybe it's, maybe, maybe the lesson here is it's totally okay if people are disappointed in you. I'm so glad you brought that up because in addition to stop it, the other two words sermon here is it's okay. Mm. It's okay. That's a good. I know that is a good. Those are like the four most powerful words in the English language. Also love is more important than all of those things. Stop it. It's okay. It's okay. And love is always the answer. I think love is the umbrella. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but really, really, thanks for bringing that up because it's so, it is okay. It is okay. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to keep moving along here. I'm having a lot of thoughts as you can tell during this I episode. Know. I can't wait to listen back to this. With I know. My I'm excited to listen back too. And I love what you're bringing to this conversation. Didn't even know what I was going to talk about, but you guys are having the same experience that we are. As you listen, as we record, we are all in this together. My next thought is we've got to stop the negative self-talk slash self-doubt. So yeah, I already talked about when we're critical of ourselves and things like that. But oh my gosh, when is the last time that you remember, it could have been this morning, could have been last month, that you just doubted yourself. You're like, no, no, I'm not equipped. Nope, can't do it. Not ready. Nope, that's not me. I'm not capable. That's not my potential. We've talked a lot about my sticky areas, which there are many. 
this is not one of those areas. Mm -hmm. This is something I have really worked hard to master. Mm -hmm. I rarely have self-doubt because when I have those moments or if I feel it sneaking in, I am very practiced now in replacing that default habit Mm -hmm. with empowering thoughts and with holy heck yes I can yeah whatever it is holy heck that was cute holy heck yes I can (laughs) and the question I ask myself is is I say I can what is it what is it going to take for me to do that yeah yeah what about you yeah yes (laughs) I'm just right I'm feeling all the feels yeah what is it going to take for me to do that I don't think that most people relate to what you're saying I in terms of like the confidence that you Mm -hmm. do have and how you work to replace the thought and well let's just say too confidence is not something that like I don't think it's innate I think Mm -hmm. that we all have goodness wait wait go ahead no I disagree okay I think we innately have confidence think about Mm, your younger self yes your youngest self you really helped me to understand that yeah you're totally in the audio course we talk about that I think we innately we do have a whole lot more confidence and then it's pretty pretty quickly and pretty early on it starts getting just squashed Mm -hmm. by in the air we breathe and the air in the water we drink experiences all the things yep the unintentional hurt that comes from other people or other things that happen. So maybe the better statement is adulthood mm. confidence doesn't ha- happen by accident. Agree. It's through a lot of intentional thought work mm-hmm. and it's through a lot of self-discovery. And honestly, it's through a lot of choice mm-hmm. because at any juncture you have the choice to feel I cannot do that or I can do that. Correct. And both are equally true. Yep. And it's yes. really just where you're putting your effort. Exactly. So the next time you have a thought of, I can't do that. I'm not capable. I don't have it in me. We are saying, stop it. Because we're here to tell you without even knowing you on a super deeply personal level, that's 99% of you, you are absolutely capable of the thing. You can do it. You have strength in you that you may or may not already know about yourself, but prove it to yourself. Just mm-hmm. do it. Take the baby step. And I am talking about baby steps. Totally. To do the thing. Like, I, I don't know what your thing is, but there is probably something in your life that you are doubting about yourself. I could tell so many stories. And it about might be even you're doubting a job you're in, such as motherhood, sure. such as your job, such as whatever your situation is. Your ability is. to plan a trip. Or plant a successful garden. Or I'm sitting in that one right now. I know you are. Or move on in your life without a spouse who just passed away or a recent divorce or, or letting your anger child. go. Yeah, like all the things, you guys. So there actually, I want to give an example of this because I feel like this can be a little bit of a vague principle. The first time I heard this principle articulated and illustrated very well was Jody Moore. Mm. You and I were at um, an event oh, yeah, with Jody Moore. Yeah. And and she literally had someone raise her hand and, and give like their pipe dream or whatever, their highest dream. And he's like, he said something like, Well, I want to have a make a million dollars in three months, but I know that can't happen. And Jody said, well, why can't that happen? So let's, ha- in- instead of thinking the thought that all the reasons why that can't happen, I want you to come up with 10 ways that you could, you could make a million dollars in three months. Yep. You could sell your house for cash. Mm-hmm. You could like, you could sell your cars. You could enter the, like, there's all these different ways that you could possibly get to a million dollars in three months. Again, it goes back to the question of what would you have to do to make that happen? But just the exercise of knowing like, well, I could, how would I make that happen? Gets your brain training, like starts to train your brain to be thinking differently about what is possible and what you could do and what you are in control of instead of automatically just like, you know, 
poo-pooing all the ideas because we're not possible. Well, and to your point, it is an automatic thing. It's like this default place that we go of like, ah, I can't do that. It's a protection because it we're is so protection. afraid of failure Ooh. that we don't. There's a quote from Renan Burchard, mm. literally changed my life. Okay. Mm. We'll find it and put it in the show notes okay, because I'm sure you quote, won't have it like word. To, for, oh, I mean, girl, oh, I got it. Oh, just kidding. I'm sorry. I just added you. Quote. <laughs> no, because I found this. And honestly, with a lot of this work that we do, um, it's very vulnerable and putting the course out and all these things yeah. that are just these heart passion projects, super vulnerable. Cause you're like, will anyone care? Will will this help anyone? And you do have those little thoughts that creep in. Yeah. And he, I was, I love Brennan Burchard and I was reading his Instagram one day and he said, people aren't afraid um people aren't afraid to fail people are afraid to be seen starting small Hmm. and I was like interesting that is true because you always have to start with the first step and the second step and the first and second step are full of so much unknown and vulnerability oh so much that you're really not thinking will I fail Mm. you're thinking what is it going to feel like to start small and for other people to witness. And for other people to see Ooh, you starting small. And I was like, whoa. That's good. It's good, right? Mm-hmm. That's really good. Good job remembering the words. It's. I think I'm going to get a tattoo of it on my forehead. <laughs> you should. Good, because then every time I see you, I'll be reminded Perfect. of that. Perfect. Oh, okay, the next thing, I'm going to keep this one short and sweet, because we kind of already touched on it, but it's definitely on my list, is stop thinking that your happiness depends on anyone else on this earth if you hear nothing else on this episode for the love of all that is holy internalize this Mm -hmm. and if you don't believe it now keep telling yourself until you do yeah because it's true a hundred thousand percent you know what else we need to stop what we need to stop complaining Mm -hmm. there's a lot of complaining in life in general and for the history of all mankind right this is not new this is not a current thing this is not just it comes and goes and waves complaining just happens. And I'm not saying that everybody's a complainer. I'm saying that, so I'll just speak from personal experience. I'm not a complainer generally, but I have had seasons of complaining. I have had just, if I'm in the thick of just some hard stuff or whatever, and it just seems like everything that's coming out of my mouth is kind of a complaint. Thankfully, mm-hmm. it's not happened too much. We should verify that with David. <laughs> I, I was just thinking, I, yeah, I, you you're, actually you're not probably, a, yeah, you, you, you really are not a complainer. Not a complainer. Mm-hmm. But when I do have those times where I'm just like, seriously, like this is wrong and that is wrong or this can't be right or they can't do this right or whatever that complaining season, besides saying stop it, I'm going to say it's not attractive. Oh, amen. It is not attractive, meaning you're not going to attract your closest loved ones to you anymore by the complaining nature. Just stop it. Don't do it. In addition to that, we've ta- we've touched on this before, is if you have a relationship that is um, the basis of that relationship is venting together. Mm-hmm. Toxic. Toxic bonding. relationship. Mm-hmm. Toxic bonding. Like that relationship is not going to serve you. Okay, mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Yes, ma'am. Why do you think that people complain? It's easy. Are you it serious? Is easy. Oh, uh, it's just easy. It's easier to look at like what's not going right. Do you think and- it's like projecting it? away from you maybe like, I think that that is definitely a part of it yes that's a good point where you yourself might mm-hmm. have some insecurities you might yeah. have some things that you know are rough patches in your own life and you need to get your crap together right and so it is yeah I can I can see that being the case a lot of the times is where we deflect so whether we're complaining about other people or mm-hmm. life situations or pe- maybe people's shortcomings causing you unhappiness sure which, I know I've probably fallen into that and at the end of the day, 
sometimes complaining feels freaking awesome because yeah. our bodies lie to us and are like, this is good. Right. This right. is so, it's like when you eat a candy bar for that minute, you're like, this is the best thing. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, that was absolutely the worst thing. <laughs> that was a bad Compla- decision. <laughs> but complaining is the same way. Like you verbal diarrhea and then 10 minutes later, you're like, what have I done? <laughs> I don't know that all of us feel that way after a candy bar back. I'm just saying. Oh. I sure do. Just saying. Well, not everybody has that kind of response. Well, if you feel great after a candy bar, <laughs> then good for you. I'm happy for you, actually. Good for you. <laughs> um, kind of related to that, another thing that we need to stop doing is stop centering our life on what's wrong. So, for example, like sometimes we have a day or a week where mm-hmm. it just seems like everything is just not right with our kid, with our spouses, but it seems like this is kind of related to complaining. That's why I put them back yeah. to back, but they're not the same thing as like, I have had periods of time where... Um, especially with a difficult, heavy situation I might be in where it's like, that is all I think about. It consumes you. It completely consumes me. And therefore I am unhappy, right? Because it's on me if I'm in charge of myself. So here's a quick story. Um, newly married college student, got a job, had a manager at this job who's just kind of a jerk like whatever, and just kind of bothered me. And then I let it like consume me. So now this became everything I talked about. My sweet new husband, right? <laughs> Newlywed, married couple. And now this is the thing that I'm right. focusing on. And I'm not saying I never talked about the good things ever, but I remember 25 years later, I can think you back and fixating I was it. super fixated on this jerk in my life. And he was just making me crazy and he was so mean and he demoted me. And then I, you know, like have all these stories about why he was so rude and like that's and how that, unfair it was totally and, right totally and that was my focus and why don't we just turn to david if we could find him and ask him how he felt about his new bride <laughs> and this new attitude she was taking on come on guys stop it stop fixating on the thing that isn't going right because there's always going to be something that isn't going right and that feeds into the next thing again kind of related yeah this is why i didn't do a numbered list because there's too right. many but If you are the type of person that is always looking for the greener grass, Mm -hmm. you're always looking for the thing that's better. I would be happier if. Or when. Or when. It'll be better when. Mm -hmm. Dot, dot, dot. Stop it. Because right now, right in front of you in this very moment, your life, despite all the challenges, despite the hardest things, is actually as great as you want it to be in your head. It really is. Well, and I think sometimes we view our lives like we're moving up a mountain and we're just constantly on this upward trajectory. But there have been times in my life where I'm like, we are almost there. Like, it's almost great. And then guess what happened? What? The floor came out. Right? What I thought (laughs) was like a mediocre existence became a whole lot worse. And I was yearning back for, you know, where we were at the time when I was so sure that it was not, you know, not a good life or not making me happy. That I'll be happy when. Yep is the kiss of death. And you guys, we all have had those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that we all think that way all the time. I'm just saying like 99% of us can relate to that. And maybe even recently. Um, But I have experienced people in my life, like again, people that I love who are so incredible, but then they've got that that twinge of like, yeah, but it's always going to be better. Mm-hmm. That just breaks my heart. Cause I'm like, but you're so like, your life is so good right now. Right. As it is. Right. Embrace that. Love that. Be grateful for that. And really gratitude. Right. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of the key. That's the it ticket is. there. Okay. You know what else we need to stop? <laughs> What's that? We need to stop being the victim back. Eh, oh. You guys, you're mm. not 
the victim. You're not. And we're not going to be talking about the... And FYI, even if you actually are the victim in some certain situations, Mm. you're still not the victim. And again, not going to go into the extreme experiences that some of you... We're not talking about sexual assault. We're not talking about... But the the principle of this applies to any situation. But again, not demeaning any trauma experiences. Mm -hmm. But this still actually applies... In, in in that situation too. It applies in your whole life. Mm-hmm. And if you are always feeling like things are happening to you, you are always the victim. You guys know what I'm talking about. Even if this isn't who you are, you maybe someone else pops in your mind or maybe you've had seasons where you're the victim. We we get what we're talking about here. Because we've all been there. We've, we all get it. Mm-hmm. We all get it. We have all felt victimized. Right. It's exhausting. You know it, and we know it, so stop it. Also, stop being the villain. Okay, now wait. Hold on. Becky's giving me big eyes. Hold on. I know that 99.9% of our listeners are not the villain. I know this. So this isn't going to be as much for our listeners, but I had to put it in here. You know why? I'm interested. Why? I know. I know. I know you're interested. I'm interesting. I also want you to know that what popped, what popped into my head. What did you think popped into my head when you said villain? I don't know. Uh, Disney oh. villains, duh. Oh, Disney villains. Maleficent. <laughs> I was thinking Avengers. Ooh, that. I would mean, be there's a good one too. always a villain. There's always a villain. Mm-hmm. The reason why I felt like bringing this up is because even though it really doesn't apply to most of you guys, really, or any of you, honestly, because you're not the mean person. I get that. And I know that that this is not like a thing that most people struggle with or that anyone would view themselves as a villain. But I have witnessed, particularly in social media, that once in a while, it just seems like someone wants to just take on that role of just being mean. They just want to pick out the person. They want to tear someone down. They've got to tear them down. And they keep poking or they keep prodding or they keep attacking or they keep whatever. And again, the other person isn't the victim. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying... If you happen to the, you know, 0.1% of you that are listening, if you happen to have those tendencies, or maybe this is helpful for you to have a chat with your child or someone who you're like, really back off, dude. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not applicable to everybody, but I had to put it in there because I'm telling you that if you are setting out to hurt, it is a waste of energy. And imagine, imagine what would happen if you took the energy that it takes to be unkind and you channeled that energy differently and you poured a little bit more love into your close relationships yeah or you created something with your hands that's what that's the world I want to live in don't be a meanie stop it so I want to add to that yes Um, ma'am I think that with this villain tendency a if we're being honest we've probably all been there but b I think sometimes we like to cloak it in this, well, I'm just being honest. Mm. I'm just being honest and I have to be. Your honesty mm. is not needed um, unless it's a very, very close relationship. So, Well, think about your I intention love you all. too. Exactly. Like really. I love you all very, very much. But unless you have a close personal relationship with me, I'm I'm not interested in your honesty or thoughts and feelings about my life. Mm. And so I think... Sometimes we see things happening and we're like, we have to say something. We have to be honest about how we're feeling. There you go. That's, we see, that's actually, applicable. A lot of people do. don't. Yeah. Yep. Like unless it's, and it goes back to intention, what you were saying, um, unless it's, it's given in the spirit of a relationship where that's a part of, BH can say things to me that 
someone I don't know can't because she knows me. Mm-hmm. We have that relationship. There's trust and love there, mm-hmm. which allows for those honest interactions. If you don't have trust and love with that person, it's not probably your place. It's not your place. And also your energy could be used and channeled in such a beautiful way in something else. But don't like, don't fool yourself to thinking, I just have to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's really not. So see, I wasn't crazy thinking. No, that, you really I mean, weren't. Like I think that we where most of us are not mean people, mm-hmm. I think you said it best. Well, I'm just being honest. That is the best, most articulate, most applicable way to put it. Because that is where I think we do come from this seemingly innocent place mm-hmm. of, well, I but can I say n- whatever I want. Yeah, freedom of speech. And it's fine because I'm, I'm just doing what's right for me. Well, and they need to hear. They need to know. Yeah. That person needs to, yeah. And they might. But unless you have a close, loving, trusting relationship, it's not from you. Yeah. So don't do it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Let's also stop procrastinating. Oh, yeah. Anyone? Anyone? Does anyone relate to procrastination? I mean, there are times when the timing is not right to right. do something. And then there are the times when you know that you need to do the thing and you feel the constant nudge, but you just keep putting it off. And, um, you know, this is kind of a silly example and it does go back 20, 25 years ago <clears throat> for me, but... I just remember being in college and the things that I procrastinated, which come on, everybody understands procrastination in their schoolwork. I mean, I think, right? Maybe 95% uh, yeah. of people. There's the there's special 5%. Hence going back to the not being grateful for your education. <laughs> right. Hello. Yes, true. But I just remember, this is the point I want to bring up, is that we all understand what that feels like when you've put off the assignment, the project, the paper, the... Mm-hmm. The thing about that is that you you really don't understand until you've lived it and you've learned it. And that's why it's so important to let our kids kind of fail and fall and then pick themselves up and dust themselves off and things like this, including procrastination, is that I had to learn the hard way, as did you, um, that when you procrastinate and you push things off as far back as you possibly can, it really sucks. It is so hard on yourself. You are putting so much unnecessary burden on yourself. And I mm-hmm. imagine like whenever I did that, cause I did it multiple times cause it took me multiple times to learn the lesson. Yeah. And I still have things in my life that I procrastinate, but I'm not nearly as bad as I was in college. And I just remember afterwards thinking it's kind of like your candy bar analogy. Like I procrastinated because of all the excuses. And then the next day when I was sheerly exhausted and then it took me four days to recover, I would slap myself upside the head and be like, dude, was that worth it? No, it was mm-hmm. not. Which then circles back to, don't be so hard on yourself also. Right. Stop that also. Well, <laughs> I learned the lesson and don't do that. I think a lot of times procrastinating, if you go through all the stop it's before this, play into why we procrastinate mm. and certain things that sometimes happen. But yeah, procrastinating is the absolute worst. Yeah. And you know Didn't what you're doing? It. You're just, just imagine your brain as like a nice piece of pizza and then take three fourths of that piece of pizza and throw it in the trash. That's what you're doing in your brain because all oh that gosh. brain space is being used up by the like, oh, I got to do this. In fact, I'm feeling a little bit this way today. As we start started recording, I was like, it's one of those days I have like so a big much. thing and a thousand loose ends. Mm. And to get to the big thing, I got to just clean up the things that I haven't been paying attention to oh, for the past I so few days. Oh, I that feeling. And that's okay. Like, let's go to our second sermon in this episode. It's okay. Like, it's okay when you Be have aware. days like that. Awareness is so the key to all of this mm-hmm. because all of this, ha- every single one of these happens to every single one of us. It's about being aware, mm-hmm. being self-aware. Well, being aware actually leads me into the next thing because we need to stop ignoring our health. So I tied, mm. so we've got procrastination 
and I'm tying it into ignoring your health. And this is where I'm coming from with this because we all have experience with this ourselves or a close loved one where there are things that we know aren't right. We got to get something checked out, but then we don't. So go back a few years ago, I got a diagnosis. uh, I had melanoma, which is a, a not cool skin cancer type. It is the most deadly form of skin cancer. And I was super advocating about having the dermatology place take this spot off my knee because I was worried about it. Mm -hmm. Had that whole experience, had it removed, had the surgery. So thankful that it didn't go any further and whatever. Shared about it, advocated about it. Still, these years later, still have people saying, thank you for sharing about that. Because I'll share every six months when I go for my checkup just to remind people. What I want to bring up about that, though, is I had this really great, meaningful conversation with my brother-in-law, um, with several in-laws at a family reunion, like that that same time, right after my surgery. And we were talking about it and how, like, I was teaching everybody the ABCDE, you know, the things, just mm-hmm. Google it. If you guys don't know the ABCDE of skin cancer, just look, Google it, and you'll see these are the things you watch for. These are the things to be aware of, because if you notice any one of these things or multiple of these things, like, you got to get it checked out had this conversation and my brother-in-law, I was like, dude, like I, like I've known you for 25 years. Like you, yeah. I mean, at that time it wasn't 25, but I've known you for so a long. long time. Have you had this one checked out and that checked out? Cause I was looking at their right. skin cause I was being kind of frantic about it and like right. looking after my loved ones. And he's like, no, no, no. And I was like, dude, why? Like why? Right. And he's like, to be honest, I don't want to know. And I was like, I mean, can you imagine my eyes bulging out of my head? I've just had surgery, just got rid. I could have died if I didn't catch it. I'm being dramatic, but like seriously. No, you're not being dramatic. You with melanoma? Yeah. No, you don't mess. You don't mess. We had, had a I friend not- with stage four melanoma yes. that started on his leg. That's you it's serious. No, it's super serious. And we're not talking about just skin cancer or cancer at mm-hmm. all. We're talking about your entire go to the optometrist, get your pap smears if you need, like do the things, do the things to, you know, for preventative mm-hmm. medicine from that standpoint, but also, and most importantly, if something does not seem right with your body, it's something that you just, it's that nudge, you guys, it goes back to that right. feeling of like, man, I've been noticing this, whatever, fill in the blank. Yeah. Stop it. Stop procrastinating. Stop putting it off. Stop ignoring your health. Advocate for yourself. Get it checked out. I think health um, is really gets really tied up in the conversation of weight, um, especially for women. And mm-hmm. so what I'm about to say next, mm-hmm. I think that we need to be very mindful about how we're treating or how, how we're treating our bodies on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I get afraid sometimes that self-love and body love that people, um, it, that it actually sometimes is counterintuitive a little bit to people really taking care of themselves. And to me, what taking care of myself means is filling my body with foods that nourish me. Like let's take calories and all that stuff off the table, but simply like two things, eating foods that nourish my body, getting enough sleep, getting hydrated and moving my body. Mm-hmm. Those things um, you need to be doing. Mm-hmm. You need to be doing every day. At every stage of your life. At every stage do, of your and life. And do your best. We get that in some stages And I'm not talking about you have to go join the gym and you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to go mat. No, I'm no. simply saying love your body mm-hmm. by putting good things into it, by resting it, and by spending time with it moving. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. That's all I'm saying. But but don't let any theology behind anti-diet or pro-diet or all these things 
detract you from like, that's what it means to love your body, no matter what size you are. Yeah. You need to be doing the same. Yeah, absolutely. So stop it. Stop it. Ready to round this out? Yeah. Are I'm you inter- ready? I, I want to hear your... Uh... Yeah. You ready okay. for this? Okay. Bring it on. All right. She took a big, deep breath. So there's a thing that's going to be really geared to you, Beck. And then there's a thing that I'm put- I'm just putting it right back <laughs> on me because we both know each other. We both know each other's uh, all the things. Okay. Go. All right. We need to stop being so impatient and needing everything to happen right now. This ties right in with my high expectations. (laughs) I am impatience. And we've talked about this before. I am. I'm super ambitious. And my ambition turns into impatience. Yes, but I see. I was going to flip that around and and make sure that everyone understands that when we notice in ourselves that, that weak spot or that like that flaw you want to work. I don't even want to call it a flaw. It's just, it's just part of who we are. Mm-hmm. We have to also recognize the strength that comes with that. Mm. Becky is one of the most ambitious people you ever meet and she gets crap done. And because of that, and I relate, like I understand, yeah. but that means that part of what go, what coincides with that right. is that her level of patience has a hard time sometimes. Same level. Same level. Staying in check. It's true. And, and you know, this isn't new to Becky. I have said to her, stop. Oh, and like, I am so aware. <laughs> I, I do. And she does keep me in check because I, like, get an idea or a theology or I get very excited about something and I want it to happen right then. Right now and yesterday. Right. Yesterday is probably the best that accurate description. That is really how you feel. It is yeah. true. I have to be really super aware because when I get impatient, do you know what happens? What happens? Interestingly enough. Tell me. I get very impatient about something and then I end up doing nothing because I'm putting it in my head Mm. like all these other things aren't happening so I can't even do it. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Mm -hmm. And it ends up actually slowing me down. Yeah, that's interesting. That's just Isn't that ironic? Stupid, no, is it's what just that ironic. is. <laughs> it well, is ironic. And here's the thing about it also, and then I'll say my thing and then we'll wrap up. Um, but I want to pull back in what you brought up, which is our second sermon in the whole thing. It's okay. It's okay if you have a personality similar to what we're talking about here where yeah. you feel impatient and you you just want everything to happen right now. Like you just need it to fall into place or you need mm-hmm. other people to do their part or you yourself put the expectations on yourself. Like it's okay. It's okay to be that way. In fact, it's pretty freaking awesome because you're that ambitious and you know productive and yeah. whatever. Just keep it in check and help yourself. Like it would serve you so well to mm-hmm. just keep yourself in check enough to go, oh, I see what I'm doing mm-hmm. and that's great and all. It's fine. And also I could just cool my jets for a minute. like Because ambition feels great. Yeah, sure And does. impatience feels awful. Patience is hard. But it feels awful when you're impatient. That's not a good oh, when physical manifest. Oh, yes. Impatience. Sorry, yes. Impatience totally. doesn't feel good. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't feel good physically and it doesn't feel good mentally. I'm going to agree with that. That is probably one of my least comfortable feelings because it's not like I don't relate to this. I have plenty right. of impatience myself. No, you're right. Impatience is a yucky, yucky feeling. And so why, Oof. why when I'm feeling ambitious, would I want to go to impatience? Right. It doesn't serve me. So stop it. And it's all about me. No, I'm just kidding. But you know what I'm saying, though, really, though. Oh, I sure the heck do. Want to hear mine? Yes. So I say to myself, I look in the mirror and I say, (laughs) Becky Higgins, stop being so defensive. Now, you wouldn't have caught that one because you have other things that you could say stop it to me about, but it's the one I've been thinking about. Wait, wait for it. She's not processing yet. I just want to hear your thoughts. Okay. The positive spin on this, like you with your Mm -hmm. ambition, right? I'm confident. Yes. Okay. So I have confidence. That's fine and good, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay. In fact, it's great. It's great to have confidence. I have had to really work on when somebody else says something to me 
that is either calling me out or disagreeing with my choice or disapproving of whatever, like this could be personal, this could be professional. Anyone could say anything to me that is against what I knew was the right thing to do. And my instant, natural, innate feeling, even if I don't express it, and that's why you're confused because I don't express it a ton, is I'm defensive. I get really defensive and here's why. What does that feel like to you? It feels edgy. I feel edgy and mm-hmm. I feel anxious and I mm. feel I feel uncomfortable because in the inner dialogue is I am standing up for my truth. I am standing in what I know to be true. Mm -hmm. I am doing what I feel is the right thing to do. So who is anyone else to judge, to criticize, Mm -hmm. to expect anything different? Because I don't expect anything of you. Right. Like I, I, to me, it's like that, that inequality. It's like, dude, like you do you. And I've said that many times on social media, like everyone's just got to do themselves, like Mm -hmm. do your thing, do life your way. Right. And so, but I don't like the feeling of being defensive. And so what that work has looked like for me is acknowledging it. Mm. I am naturally defensive, which again, it's okay. That's, that doesn't even have to be a bad thing. But when, well, like you said, it, it, it's the negative that comes with that really high positive of like really knowing yourself and your yes, worth, right? Totally. And that's exactly where I've, through the work that we've done, again, mm-hmm. this is all, a lot of the stuff that we just kind of walk you through in this audio course, live the story you want to tell. I want to tell certain stories and I want to stand in the truth of what my experiences are. Yeah. And I want to do it in my way. And so anyone who might disagree or disapprove or have, you know, commentary that I don't appreciate, right. that doesn't have to actually have anything to do with the way I feel in my own skin. Right. And so that's what I'm working on is instead of being defensive, I can just go, that's okay. Like I have a, my friend, Megan, actually a common friend, you and mm-hmm. I both, we love Megan. And she has shared with me that a therapist shared with her one time, this analogy of a hula hoop and how, if mm-hmm. you're, if you're holding the hula hoop around you, mm-hmm. people can, if you don't, people can say things and it can hit you and hurt you and poke you and prod you. And, right. and, but if you're holding the hula hoop and you kind of imagine that people are just throwing those things at you, like, um, hurtful words or critiques or Mm -hmm. criticism or whatever and you imagine that whole hoop just kind of has that invisible shield kind of protecting you right everyone's going to say the things everyone's going to have the opinions but it's just going to bounce off yeah so instead of instead and i'm not talking about just being hurt i'm talking about my weakness i'm talking about being defensive even having the thought of like she doesn't get it he doesn't understand i was gonna say i think the heart of it too is like when we're defensive we feel like misunderstood like are you not Uh, getting the heart of it back that is exactly what it is that's a huge worst yeah it is the worst feeling misunderstood is is hard yeah because you thought well i think when i'm defensive well if they only knew if they really Mm -hmm. knew like my heart or my thought or if they could feel like the inspiration i'm having they would not even be questioning me yeah yeah that's our, a tricky our, one. Another really good common friend that uh, Becky and I have is Courtney Brown. Mm-hmm. She's the founder of Sense of Style. And we've talked with Courtney about that. And if you follow her on Instagram, she talks about it. Like being misunderstood and um, not feeling seen for who you are as you are. I think we all relate to that. I don't know that any of us doesn't know what that feeling is, mm-hmm. at least at some point. Yeah. So please understand that when you're looking around you, that we all we all share that we all feel misunderstood from time to time or all the time. Again, you're not the victim. Right. Don't be the victim. Stop that. But um, 
But if you are, if you are like me and you do have that weak spot of being defensive, even if it's not expressed, I kindly, lovingly, with all of the warm fuzzies in my heart, say to you, it's okay, because I added that Mm -hmm. since you brought it up, and stop it. That's all I've got, Beck. That was really good. This is a little bit long. This is a little on the longer side for what we've been doing. I really love this. And I think that what you, what you're talking about here, these are tools that help you to gain autonomy, that help you to take control of your happiness, that help you to reassure your self-confidence and your self-love and put you in such a better place to serve the world. And Mm -hmm. I feel like this is one of those episodes that I'm probably going to need to listen to every three months just to like do the little brush ups of like, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. oh, I am having like a little bit more defensiveness or I am waning in my patience or whatever the thing is to touch up, to be aware of what we need to be mindful of. Well, isn't that the whole point too? The whole point is that if we're keeping ourselves in check and we're always on this path of self-improvement, not because Mm -hmm. we're broken, not because we need to be fixed, but because we always want to be a better version of ourselves. Yep. We want to be a little closer to our potential. That is what it means to cultivate a good life. What if we call it like knowing ourselves more? Because I think like it's not even changing and be, I think so much Mm. of becoming is remembering, but really getting to know yourself. That's really good. That's really good. Because I think that changes a little bit of the messaging of like- Mm -hmm of what, you know, moving forward and doing all these things. But really, it's just about knowing yourself and being so secure in, like, the light, goodness, and truth and and who you are and what you're about that, like you said, the hula hoop, the hula Mm -hmm. hoop's intact. Mm -hmm. The shield is up. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're able to go and do the thing. Well, and you can love bigger and stronger and greater when you do know yourself and love yourself a little more. And Mm -hmm. that's what all of this is, guys. Well, friends, thank you so much for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. But you know that, don't you? (laughs) We invite you to write down those promptings you feel and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye guys. Why wouldn't you, you want didn't to mention wrap? That I would have been fine. I know, but I put it there for you. I was very yeah. thoughtful. I got everything set up. Okay. And you just showed up. That's how I do. I took care of the children. Where's my water? Just kidding. <laughs> I made I made, made us a five course the meal. SpaghettiOs. I set up all the podcast equipment and you just show up yep. and no appreciation for anything right. I do. It's true.